You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ha! Got him! That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The engines are primed and coordinates for the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, our first podcast in the new year of 2024. Uh, Happy New New Year to everybody. We're glad to be back talking Star Wars with you and getting excited for... uh, all the new stuff we're going to get to experience this year. And right off the bat, we've already got some big Star Wars news for this year to talk about. So we're excited to jump into it. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Tim and Paul. How's it going, guys? It's going good. I mean, how can you start the year off any better than just getting some major Star Wars news regarding movies and TV shows? So a great way to kick off our first episode of 2024. Yeah, it's one of those things where it, it this is a confirmation of a bunch of scoops that happened over the summer. And I, to be sure. honest, I, I I don't know, even though they were coming from like, you know, making Star Wars who like, or they've got a lot of stuff right, you know, it, it no matter who it's, it's from, I'm always like skeptical until it's official. And because this one didn't, didn't always seem right to me, but now that the it's official, there's a lot to break down in it, to be honest. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Well, yeah, and that news, of course, that we're talking about is that uh, we are getting another Star Wars movie added to the slate. Um, And not just any movie, but a Mandalorian movie titled The Mandalorian and Grogu, directed by Jon Favreau, uh, produced by Jon Favreau, Kathleen Kennedy, and Dave Filoni. And uh, it's going to be going into production later this year. Um, And yeah, we had heard uh, some rumors, I think as far back as... I remember definitely hearing these rumors like during the writer's strike that this was something that was maybe being considered because of stuff being pushed back because of that. Um, But maybe even sooner than that, I don't remember when those rumors started that, you know, this was something that was being considered. Um, But yeah, sure enough, this is happening. We're getting a Mandalorian movie and they didn't, I mean, you know, Star Wars and Lucasfilm didn't confirm this, but it definitely does seem to be the case that this is kind of taking the place of Mando season four. Um, that the continuation of that story, at least for now, is going to be in a movie as opposed to another season of the show. Um, what does that mean for The Mandalorian as a TV series moving forward? We don't know. Like, have we seen the last of it on Disney Plus? Um, are we going to get a movie? Or, you know, are we, are we only going to get one movie? Are we going to get multiple movies? Is that going to wrap up Mando's story? Are they going to go back to telling more stories on Disney Plus after that? I don't know, but there's a, a lot they could do with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be really exciting to see, obviously, um, you know, we thought we were getting kind of the big culmination of all this Mando stuff in Dave's movie, which is still on the table. 
um, or not just on the table. I mean, it's still happening. It's still in development. Um, but we're going to have another movie before that, that presumably is going to feature a lot of that same kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe even building more on that, um, you know, so maybe we'll see Thrawn again in this Mando movie. I don't know. And we'll see how much of it is kind of just focused on Mando and Grogu and how much of it is, um, setting the stage for kind of some of this other big stuff. There's already been a lot of speculation about, you know, oh, who's the big cameo going to be, and are we going to see Luke or any of the original, um, you know, the original trilogy characters in the Mando movie, or are they going to save that for the Thrawn movie? Like there's lots of already lots of wild speculation and possibilities and everything. But um, I just think this is really cool. I mean, obviously it's great that we're getting more of the Mandalorian, you know, whether it be in a movie or a TV series, but you know, there's nothing like star Wars on the big screen. Um, and it's going to be really cool to, uh, you know, just get to be just like we were talking about with the Ahsoka premiere last year, like get that chance to be in a packed theater full of Star Wars fans again, being excited about the stuff that we love <clears throat> um, is going to be really cool. And getting a Mando movie directed by Jon Favreau. Um, I mean, that yeah. that's, you know, one aspect of this that I'm maybe most excited about. I mean, obviously, he's kind of the mastermind behind all this Mandalorian stuff. Um, and he's only directed one episode of the series so far, which is uh, Chapter 9, The Marshal, which was the season two premiere. And that I still think of all the Mando episodes so far is the one that feels sort of the most cinematic and the most like a movie. Um, and obviously, John Favreau's got a big pedigree of, of blockbuster films to his resume. So um, and I was even a little surprised when they announced that it was Dave that was directing a movie and not John that was going to be kind of the culmination of all this. So now we get to see both of them direct a movie. And I think it's going to be really exciting to see, um, yeah, what John can do with Mando on the big screen. Um, we don't have a release date yet, but if it's going into production this year, I assume maybe like late 2025 at the earliest, if they're maybe adding this sort of ahead of all the other movies, mm. but this also could just be taking one of those, uh, the 2026 release dates that they had on the slate. Um, so we'll see, uh, you know, obviously this is still probably a couple years away and I know there's still a lot of people that are like, I'll believe it when I'm sitting in theaters watching it. But I feel like at this point, you know, I, I, again, we talked about on our last episode of kind of stuff coming up for the future and which things we thought we were going to get made and stuff. It's like, I think um, uh, the Mando movie now becomes the safest bet out of all of these to actually happen. Oh, like sure. It seems like the one that's going into production the soonest, the one that already has the story and the cast and everything behind it. So, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be uh, exciting to, to get to watch this. And I feel like we're probably going to get it sooner than later as, you know, compared to some of the other Star Wars movies that we're still waiting on. If if I may interject next, um, there's there's a lot. This was, a again, a welcome surprise, you know, as we all kind of talked about with this whole season four turning into a film kind of thing. And for, I, I've said it on on X formerly Twitter. Uh, <clears throat> I'll never get used to saying X. Um, It'll always be Twitter on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. Um, like I said, X formerly Twitter. Uh, I I said this on there that you know I this is a, a really cool moment because this will be the first uh, Star Wars film that my daughter and I will go together to see. To, um, and it's uh, it's extra special not only because of that, but 
but because she that's like the one thing of star wars she's liked consistently since you know she's kind of in and out of you know young jedi adventures she'll watch it if i if i make her watch it with me because i, I want to watch it i don't want to watch it without her she'll watch the whole thing we, we binged the whole like second half second part of that uh jedi adventures last friday or a couple weeks ago and then um ahsoka scared her like she likes ahsoka but she gets she's scared of like that show that shows freaked her out um, well, I can imagine some of the stuff with the witches. I'm <laughs> kind of it's weird. Yeah, it's 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 weird. I can't explain it, but she I know she likes Ahsoka, but yeah, she whatever. Um, and then um, but Mando and Grogu, she's always liked. Um, always. And uh so it's really cool to go that will be her first experience, will be Mando and Grogu. And it's interesting because thinking about this guy's that's her Lucan and Leia is grogu and mando right <laughs> and i didn't think about that i was like damn homie like that's uh that's, that's deep you know yeah. and, it, and you, kinda... you know she's gonna be like the perfect age to see it when it comes out of like oh dude word yeah you know like and it's crazy because um it's really cute a little side story my uh <clears throat> some of our best friends have two boys and they're a little bit older than she is like one's about is in kindergarten one's like a year younger than kindergarten he's like like one's like a year and a half older than she is one's like three years old whatever but they like they're like her big brothers they they and they went we all went and saw um teenage mutant ninja turtles in the theater and that was her first movie and when i told her i'm like oh you know i when they announced it i was like hey we're gonna go to the theater and go see that star wars movie with mando it's really fun we have our first uh, star wars movie together in the theater she goes with graham and alfred those are her her friends mm -hmm. and i was like no so it's <laughs> she's like really excited to see it with them and i, I told i told her mom and she like a big crying emoji and i'm like yeah i know words so um <laughs> it's gonna be really exciting just on that on that level i just wanted i just want to get out there and just selfishly make everyone listen to that for about five minutes sorry guys um so the but the i think that the from the star wars fan aspect though it's one, it's a no-brainer. It's something they've talked about for a long time. And with Disney hurting financially, it makes a lot of sense for, you know, no pun intended sense, wink, wink, um, <laughs> for uh, for them to do this because they need to make money. And this, to me, if, if you, if it was anyone else but John, I'd be skeptical a little bit because, you know, whatever. But because we've had, three great seasons of the Mandalorian. Yes, I said three. And I think should. that, and I think John Favreau, obviously, like you said, Kyle has a pedigree. He's directed great blockbuster films. He knows exactly what he's doing. And they're, I'm assuming they're going to get the budget to make it look not like a TV show. I mean, let's be real. They, they, they skip and they scrimp and save and, and the seasons. And I don't hold it against them. That's it's the way reality is in TV. Um, I think this has a potential to be looking incredible, um, which man already does. I mean, we talked about the Marshall, right? I mean, I watched that in 4k recently and it blew my balls off. It was so good. It looked amazing. Um, and when it goes into, you know, IMAX on there, uh -huh. oh, man, it looks so good. It, it, it does look like almost borderline film wise, the way it's shot, the way the Kray dragon looks, it looks incredible. And I mean, obviously there's some things that look, that look a little like TV ish and they have to kind of, you know, again, script and save it's TV. Um, I think because it's going to be a movie theater, a movie theater, you know, quality, um, they're going to put out all the stops for, oh, yeah. you know, the, <laughs> with this. And I think they they know they need to make it, they need to make it look even better than a TV show. 
Um, and they know they can get away with it because it's good. Because if they know that opening weekend doesn't isn't have people buzzing at least from a, it looks amazing, even better than the TV show. This is, I don't think that the story has to be incredible. I just think if, if it visually looks amazing, people will go see it. Because they'll be like, well, I just go watch it on the uh, IMAX. Like, no, no, man. And they look, they they brought it out. Like, we're talking like IMAX cameras. We're talking like, because that's the way I see it right now. Because look at Oppenheimer. <clears throat> you know that movie. You know made a lot of money in in IMAX. I mean, I don't have to go say what IMAX does, but with Star Wars coming back, being let's say they filmed a lot of scenes in IMAX, like a lot, not just some, but a lot. You're talking about that movie dominating for a long time. I mean, I look at Dune part one. If Dune would have came out, not in the pandemic, Dune would have done gangbusters in the theater in IMAX. How many great scenes and how, how much that was shot in IMAX. I could only imagine now with, with, with the technology, the way it is in IMAX that, Star Wars being filmed in that, and and then obviously with uh Filoni's uh, I'm sorry, Favreau, his uh, uh, you know, history with it and everything, and using the the volume and everything. Like, I I think you're talking about a monumental like Star Wars moment, potentially. Potentially, um, again, I don't know, I mean, we don't know they're using IMAX, but I can only assume they're gonna do everever they can to make this special. So it kind of foolish I don't, not to. <laughs> well, see, yeah, I don't know if they're going to go all out to the point of like filming with IMAX cameras, but bro, it's gonna I don't get know, it. man. Well, here's the thing. It's going to get released in IMAX regardless. Well, not duh, every, that's not like, every movie duh. that's that's shot in IMAX or, you know, not every movie that is released in IMAX is shot with IMAX cameras. I mean, for four, well, they filmed what, like one or two scenes with, with IMAX cameras. So, but to, um, but to me, but to me, you have to, if you're doing this, I'll be just, dis- I mean, I'll, I mean, again, I don't know for sure, but I think Favreau one, no, he's no dummy. And um, I, I, cause I look at the Marshall as a great a reason why, because he deliberately made it go like full screen. He was like, we got to make this like be like, you know, a big deal. It to me hints at what he's thinking. Cause he's, he's like George in a way where he's always thinking technically with the, you know, the volume and like he helped develop that. I mean, he's not in there. He's not an engineer, like, but like, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's out there. He knows what they need to do to be successful. He's that kind of filmmaker, just like George was. And I think he knows if I'm going to go out there and put mailer in season four on, you know, on, um, on the big screen, he knows he's gonna have to go big or go home. And the only way he can go big is by doing actual IMAX. And let's be real, he's a film student too. I mean, he loves film. And look at Dune. I go back to Dune. Dune was a was a big success on you know in, during the pandemic when like no one was going to the theater, literally, literally no one was. And is got it was a huge movie, you know, to me, like because of the, of the IMAX stuff. Um, it was a big part of it, to be honest. And I think that to me, that with all the things we've had, like with, again, Oppenheimer is a great example. I'm not saying I'm gonna shoot like Oppenheimer, but I feel like Favreau is no dummy. He knows I have to make this special, not just like make it look better special effects wise. He's got to go big, literally bigger than what the TV can give you. And the only way you can do that, and the only thing that's a surefire hit in the theater right now, and Tim, I'm a, I'll just. I'll throw it to you. Uh, we all know what it is. It's IMAX. IMAX is the one thing that's helping drive theater sales, period. You, there's no way around it. Like, 
you look at Oppenheimer's like was a big reason of the, the success of IMAX. That's not even an action film. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a, I mean, it made as much money with Barbie because of IMAX. So if they're, if they're thinking like, oh, we could throw it in IMAX and just have it, just put it in post. That's foolish. That is completely foolish. You have to make a statement. And I feel that Favreau's not, a, I mean, I'm assuming he's not dumb enough to be like, oh, I'm going to put special effects in there and make it look a little better. And I'm stepping on there. That's good. Favreau's not dumb. He knows what he has to do. So I think it's to me, I, I, I'd be hugely not as disappointed. I think it'd be a huge mistake by mm-hmm. not doing that. Yeah. And to be honest, like, I don't think he would like take on directing it if it was just going to be like filming it for mm-hmm. a TV just like they do it for the TV series, but then put it on the big screen if they're not going to go the extra mile exactly. for how it should be for a movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah let's, I'm just curious too for the whole decision behind doing this. I mean, the fan in me just wants to believe, oh, it's a creative decision where John Favreau just had this great, amazing story for season four, but felt he'd be restricted uh, by the limits of television, felt this had to be a movie. And that's why they're doing it. And I'm sure there's a part of that, but at the same time, as you were going, mentioning Paul Howell, it is, there is the business side of it that's probably playing a huge factor for making the next story of The Mandalorian be an actual movie um, and have it be the first new Star Wars movie that we're going to get since uh, The Rise of Skywalker. And it just makes perfect sense that that next movie should be what's arguably been the most um, successful and resonating Star Wars project um, since, which is The Mandalorian with... Uh, the characters of Din Djarin and Grogu being the focus and the, uh, the main characters of this first Star Wars movie that we're going to get um, since Rise of Skywalker. So it makes all the sense in the world for them to do that. Um, but at the same time, I mean, even if you're kind of looking at it from more of that business side of things, when I first saw this news, I just could not help but just be super excited and super pumped because I just just think about how much we've loved The Mandalorian since it first premiered and just being blown away. And just imagine that feeling in a theater on a big screen with other Star Wars fans who are hopefully going to be into it, into the movie. And it's just such a crowd pleaser. It's going to be an awesome experience just to see Din and Grogu and probably Bo-Katan on the big screen with a bunch of other Star Wars fans as the next big Star Wars movie. It's just going to be an awesome time. So just that idea of Lone of just sitting in a theater scene more Mando action. <laughs> it is going to be just an incredible experience. But then you just start thinking about what can be in store for us from a story standpoint. Um, for what, going back to that point of maybe what kicked us off, the idea of this being a movie was based on the story idea that John Favreau had for uh, the next chapter in Din and Grogu's story and just what that could be to kind of warrant it being a movie instead of a fourth season. That just has me speculating as far as different scenarios because um, if I'm going to be honest, right now, if you were to ask me, this could, I might think it might be the swan song for The Mandalorian. Because if you're going to, if let's say this was like a planned out where season four was going to be the final season for The Mandalorian, but you want to go out with a bang and just have it be something incredibly special and just be the send off that Din Djarin and Grogu deserve, um, then a movie would be a great way to go about telling that story. So there's a part of me that thinks, this might be it for the Mandalorian and it goes out with a bang with this movie. Um, but cause I don't know it's going to, it'll be, I didn't even think to... about that. Now I'm like, dang, my mind's rolling right now. Homie. 
because it would be kind of uncharted territory for Star Wars to you know start off on TV. I mean, the first live action Star Wars series that in itself was uncharted territory for The Mandalorian. Then you go to a movie and then back for another season. I'm not saying that can't work. I mean, I'd be all for it if the movie is just great and you want more and the story continues in a season five or the real season four, depending on how they want to bill it. But at the same time, too, I was like, I'm not sure if they're going to do that. I can really see them kind of ending the story as big a way as they possibly can with a theatrical release. And this this might be that. So it's going to be interesting. And another thing, too, because we know this isn't going to be the end of obviously all the stories that were set up in with the Mandalorian and all the other shows leading up to Dave Filoni's movie. Because when I saw this, part of me was a little worried going, "Uh oh, is did something happen to Dave's movie? Is this replacing that? What's going on? So I was relieved when it's still said at the end of this press release that uh, Dave's film, Dave's film is still um, on track to, to be made and still be that culmination of all these stories started off here. So um, yeah, just, it's exciting. That's for sure. I mean, just the fact that we're going to see Mando on the big screen, it is going to be our next star Wars movie. Um, that we have to look forward to in the theater and just the story possibilities is this, uh, <laughs> what this means for the characters of Din and Grogu and just the story of the Mandalorian in general. It's just going to be fun to speculate on for the next couple of years. You know, really, really, yeah. Kyle, really quick, I just want to, I just want to piggyback one thing off, off of, of Tim and then I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. Um, one of the things that you kind of mentioned how like this whole thing came together probably because from the business side, you know, I, I meant to say this earlier when we were talking you got to wonder if, you know, it also is, it, it was a business decision. It was a grand idea that John had that he thought was only could be made on the movie theater. I, I think those are all part, like, <clears throat> honestly, you're right. But think about this too. You got to wonder if maybe, you got to wonder if maybe John was like Favreau and the company thought, you know what, maybe we were, we're, we're doing, we're kind of drawing these seasons out too much. And we're getting a lot of we're they're almost hearing the complaints and going, you know what? Maybe we should just do a movie to like because it's a, a lot more compact storytelling. And and, and let's be real, mm-hmm. John Favreau's, you know, he made it in film. Like that's what his that's what he's, you know, he's you know, obviously TV translates to film, like you know, it's just long elongated, but you know, with a film, you know, a set time. That restriction, that's probably more of John Favreau's bread and butter. He probably could craft a pretty good story. Maybe a bet, maybe he's a better writer from film. He's still a solid writer for TV. I'm not gonna say that, but maybe that's what he even thought. Like, you know, guys, I could sit there, I could grab like a couple writers and be like, hey, let's you know, make this blah blah blah. But really, I could make this a amazing balls to the wall Star Wars two-hour film and and make a bunch of money you know you gotta wonder if that's a part of it too you know like maybe they're they're like you know we could yeah we could do another season but like we don't want to have to like hear about every week being like oh that latest episode this the frog lady sucks or oh jack black what is he doing here Uh." (laughs) like that crap like getting that out of it like maybe you know, I hate to say it, like I'll give Christian uh, Harloff of credit, but it's almost like TV's a, it backfires on on these things because every week they complain. Whereas, like it's a, if it's like just one thing that everyone gets it all out and it's done, kind of mm. does that make any sense? Like, I'm like no, oh. yeah, I get what you're saying. Mm. I'm like that that makes kind of sense. So I, I don't think that played a part, like a heavy part, but you got to wonder if that made a part on his decision creatively to be like, you know what. Let's make it a movie. You got to wonder if that played a part in it. And maybe too is like, maybe John Favreau is going to be done with 
the Mandalorian Star Wars for a bit. And but before he does, he would love to make a movie, and this is going to be it. And this is going to be his swan song too. So just a lot of questions that are going on, like the decision to make to why they're the next story of the Mandalorian is going to be a theater. That's fascinating in itself to just think about. And I would love to find out the actual reasons, which I don't know if we ever will, but yeah, it's just crazy to think about. Yeah. And I mean, as far as John Favreau, like we know that at the very least, he's still going to be involved with Dave's movie, which I think we can assume is coming out after this Mando movie. Um, so even if he is kind of winding down his tenure or maybe, you know, this is going to be kind of the, the, big send off for him like he'll he'll still be around at least for a little while after that um but yeah i don't know i mean there's there's so many possibilities there like i how long is he gonna stick around is this the big culmination for him like we don't know um and as far as the origin of this i mean you guys threw out some interesting ideas um and you're right tim i don't know if we'll ever know the full answer like probably not um uh, you know i'm sure there might be some reasons that you know they maybe do want to share and some that they want to keep kind of close to the chest if it is uh you know more like money or business related type stuff especially if they're hurting or they feel like the disney plus model isn't working out as well as they hoped or whatever there's you know so many different things um and i remember too one thing that we heard when these rumors were first kind of being floated around during the strike it was like um oh well they don't want to it's like with all these these projects and this tv stuff being pushed back they didn't want to have to like push back their plans for building everything up to the movie and you know dave's movie um and didn't want to have to like delay all that stuff and so they thought that maybe they could um get like basically doing mando season four as a movie instead of a tv series actually might have saved them time on it because i mean even though you know some movies take months and months on production like um if you can kind of streamline your eight episode tv series into just a two-hour movie like you know you might be able to do a, a quicker production process on that um which kind of lends to to my theory that you know paul i know you're talking about them wanting to go you know all out with this and i totally agree that like obviously it's a star wars movie they're gonna go big it's gonna look amazing and it's going to look better than the TV show. I think that's a given. It has to. Um, but I'm curious what sort of, you know, with this being like a TV project that's kind of being converted into a movie and with all of Bob Iger's talk recently about cutting back on spending and quality over quantity and stuff like that. I My guess would be that this is not going to be like a $200 million big budget film. Um I'm expecting this to almost maybe be more like, I have no idea what the budget will be like. I, you know, who knows what Disney is, you know, spending their money on these days, but like, I'm, I'm kind of going in with the expectation that this is going to be more on par of like rogue one or solo, or um, even like sort of like a, a mid like a, like a solo character MCU movie um, in terms of budget and box office and kind of the hype level around it and stuff where it's like, this might not be, I mean, I, I don't know, like Mando and Grogu are super popular characters. And so this, they could push all the chips in and try to have this be their big, you know, billion dollar, you know, next blockbuster hit kind of thing. But also again, with it being, you know, just this one sort of solo character of Mando who's become popular in a TV show. If you jump that to a movie and let's say they do it on, let's say a hundred million dollar budget. 
There's and no makes, way because that's, it makes, that's more, hold on, hold on, but, 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 but Kyle, I, you're, you're wrong already because the show costs more of that right now. Yeah. To do eight episodes, not, not a two, you know, not two hours, but that's, but that was like the first season. So like yeah. it's probably so that's what I'm saying. It's like gone up. There's no well, way. And it's that's true. Well, and, yeah, and again, we don't way too low. We don't know. So yeah, maybe more than that. I'm you know I've seen people compare to um you know you look at like uh, Godzilla minus one that just came out right and like that movie's incredible. And what was their budget on that? Like fifteen million 15, or something like yeah. that. Might even um, be lower according to the director. It, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not talking about. I'm not saying it needs to be smaller in scale or or anything like that. I'm just saying that you can do, you could make okay. a good Mandalorian movie on a hundred million dollar budget. Okay, all right, all right, okay, yeah, but but that's the thing though, man. You could you can make a good movie out of anything as long as the stories connect with people and everything. Like that's not exactly that. We're right, but here's the problem with that: you're dealing with the American consumerism, uh, you know, conglomerate. And and not just with the people who are making the movie, the people that they have to hire are also from the same conglomerates and wanting money. So it's not just I get what you're saying, but like Godzilla minus one has a, a little bit of not an advantage, but it's just a different kind of movie they're making. Whereas like it's it's a it's a complete product. Everything's a production. Everyone has to get paid down to like not just for the people who are you know making they have to pay those people who are are you know paying everyone down to the you know to the wire so to me the kind of production you could yeah you could easily make a, a low budget but to me uh, i i don't know if one that would be i mean who knows right like i mean i, I just look at everything and like and again don't don't get me wrong i'm not saying that it's going to be a low budget film i'm not i'm not saying they should make a an indie mando movie or you know try to make this well, on a shoestring budget they're gonna put some money into it i'm just saying especially with you know look at some of their recent films like you know indiana jones that had a budget of like 300 million dollars or something but and like reshoots were a big reason for that well. well right so i'm just but i'm just saying that i feel like you know this is not going to be like a 250 million dollar budget oh movie no that has to, I that has that. to make it yeah, yeah, yeah. has to make a billion dollars worldwide in order no, no, to no. you know to turn a profit okay. i think it's going to be a little more modest than that and well, I, I, I agree with that i will 100 agree with that and I, and I just think all the stuff you've been talking about this whole time, they've had to be talking about that, <laughs> like amongst the discussions of why this has to be a theatrical release and not a TV show. I mean, they had to be talking about all this stuff as well and knowing that it does have to be something that's going to set itself apart from the series as we talked about and just how they really have to market it like that, which I think they will. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't wouldn't do this. And again, just going back to the whole thing as far as from a story aspect of this is how what John envisioned this story of the Mandalorian of being this big epic that has to be told on the big screen and of utilizing the full extent of the medium of movie theaters. And to do that would be certain things in IMAX. Like I just really think from the creative aspect that he has, and again, it, it works well for this to be Lucasfilm's first Star Wars movie back with Mandalorian and Grogu. So hopefully it's just something where it's just like all kind of the stars aligning type of thing to where it's working towards from a creative standpoint and the story that John wants to tell and what's going to work best for Lucasfilm and having this be the first big Star Wars movie to back in theaters and at the same time realizing, knowing that it was on a TV show, that they really have to 
market it and do it and make the movie, like I said, take full advantage of the medium of theaters to make it stand out and separate itself I, from the TV. Okay, show, right? I have, I have one, a hard time believing they're not going to do that and know that that's what they have to do. I almost forgot. I almost forgot. I almost forgot about this. And it's going to, I'm going to, it's laugh. I'm going to laugh because you're like, you know, talk about the budget and everything. Just put in perspective of what IMAX, like how really expensive it is. Like, in because do you guys remember the Inhumans? Oh boy. <laughs> oh Do boy. you remember the first the first episode special was shot yeah. in IMAX? And that was a TV show. So I'm just telling Wait, you. It Kyle, was shot in, I know it had it, an yes, IMAX. Run, it, was it was shot, shot homie. IMAX. It was shot oh, in IMAX. There were there were certain not every scene, but like certain key scenes. <clears throat> That's why they, they tried to make it a special thing. Yeah. It was supposed to, it was supposed to be canon and all that crap. Oh my gosh. Um, it's so, yeah, but, I forgot that existed, right? For good reason. But my point remains, they shot that in IMAX. Not ex- so. What my point remains to be, it's not as expensive as you're probably thinking. Is it what it requires? Okay, but is, you're also proving my point that people aren't gonna, you know, the the camera does not make the product. No, I know, but that was a that was a whole disaster and a whole a whole other reason. But my but again. But right now, IMAX is a big, 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 big draw for theatrical, which was a lot different than it was, uh, what, seven years ago? So no, um, that's, that's absolutely true. My my point is not that they're not going to put this in IMAX. And look, I honestly don't know how expensive it is to shoot on to shoot in IMAX. But I do know that filmmakers like Christopher Nolan and James Cameron, like it's a whole process. It's a whole different exactly. you know, method of production and they're whole different <clears throat> cameras. So it's, but if the know, guy to, who did Inhumans can do it, I'm pretty sure John Favreau could do it. Right, but on the flip side, you don't need to do that in order to make a visually stunning movie that people will still go right. pay to see an IMAX. But if you want people to keep going in the theaters and make and make a billion dollars, you have to make it special. And I think that's what I've been trying to say. And I think that's my point. It's definitely been been uh, been made, and also makes a lot of sense because of Oppenheimer. And other big films that were made. Shot yeah, this is not Oppenheimer, but okay. No, anyway, no, it's not. What do you but, guys? But what do you guys? Think about, what do you guys think about the title of The Mandalorian and Grogu? Because I've heard a lot of like, you know, there, there's been a lot of debate about this too. You know, some people think it's a stupid title. Some people think it's a working title that you know might not stick. Um, and I guess I'm kind of in that camp where like they're announcing it as The Mandalorian and Grogu. And I'm like, you know, if that's the title of the movie that like I'm going to show up and see it, it, you know, it certainly fits like it's kind of right on the nose. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they maybe change it to something else later down the line as we get closer into like actually starting production and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I shouldn't have been surprised, but <laughs> like that was the first things that I kept seeing on social media was the reaction, not to the movie and the fact that we're going to see Mandalorian on the big screen. It's the fact that the title was lame or everyone can't believe that that was the actual title or saying things. I hope this isn't what it's really going to be called, but it's like, I mean, I can understand if it's, you know, the title doesn't work for you, but to that, to be the first thing you go to, (laughs) to like your reaction to the, this news is about the title. It's like, I'm going to take, I could take it or leave it to be honest. Um, I I, th- I don't think it's a placeholder. I think that that is going to be the title. They're going to want to have the name, the Mandalorian and Grogu be there to be recognizable. 
for people to know that this is about them. <laughs> it's funny if they really wanted to market it for the general audience, it probably would have been called the Mandalorian and baby Yoda, but that's still what <laughs> casual audiences still call Grogu. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's fine. <laughs> that's what the movie is going to be about them too. So why not have it just be called the Mandalorian and Grogu? I'm just, I'm fine either way. It's like not great. And that's not horrible to where I think that should be the focus, focus of discussion regarding this announcement. The more, uh, yeah, I'm kind of indifferent about it too. Uh, it, it's not the best name, but at the same time, again, for for fighting the uphill battle of getting people in the seats and not waiting for Disney Plus and and, and not making it as special, you're gonna have to get you know people on the that was a joke, by the way. Um, uh, <laughs> I know, I know, Kyle's like over steaming, steam coming out of his ears. Um, no, but um, I think that like, to me, you have to make it as accessible as possible to like peep to get as welcoming. So, and uh, personally, I also think it makes sense because you want to get Grogu's name out there more. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, cause I, cause again, I keep going back to Grogu. He's got to eventually leave the Mandalorian at some point. He can't stay there forever with him, in my opinion. And I, I'm not saying he'll leave this he'll leave this movie necessarily, but I think it's kind of like we gotta start marketing Grogu as his own entity and that name. Cause you couldn't just call him the child forever. Everyone's like, I hate Grogu. You gotta name him something. You know, you can't <laughs> just name him like he's a child forever. It's like that's stupid. Come on. Like I, you can hate the name Grogu. I don't care, but like I love it. But at the same time, you have to name him something. So he's you, at some point when you've, when you've got conviction enough to like name a character and you know, the marketability and the, the possibilities of that character, you have to start going out there even more with it. And now that the fact that he's you know, the visual sold already, but now the name you want to start getting the name out there. So in the future, you can maybe not say you put them on future things, but you know what I'm saying? Like you want to yeah. start promoting the character. So that way, when you show him in a movie's trailer in like 10 years for his own movie or whatever, or where he's in a, the next you know saga film, um, which I still think is a possibility, um, you know, or something like that, you're going to want to have people go, Oh, it's Grogu. You know what I mean? Like they'll, they'll know the name. It's like, they, they have to start putting that into our the zeitgeist even more so. Yeah, they it's, they it's, want to get people to stop calling him baby Yoda. <laughs> and, and the child. Yeah. They want to start yeah. taking that away. So that's why I feel it's it's a it's a is it a dumb title sure I, mean, I could say but is it at work yes and i think in that and in, in that corporate synergy aspect it makes a lot of sense so you, it's just it, you just take the good with the bad and you yeah. take this this is just reality so it is yeah. what it is type of thing <laughs> exactly especially because for i mean obviously marvel's been doing this for a while and now recently with star wars with all the disney plus shows they tend to just stick with the names of characters which like I wish they would kind of get away from that and get some more original creative titles, like um, especially Andor. Like, I think you could have come up with such a more interesting title for that show with like everything that's going on in that story. But um, yeah, for, you know, for putting these characters front and center, like I honestly had, you know, I had no reaction to the title itself. I was just, oh, cool. Mando's coming to theaters. Same. Um, <laughs> And, you know, when you get a new Star Wars movie, of course, when the first thing you get is the title, like, people want to pick it apart because that's all you have to go on. But at the end of the day, like, once the movie comes out, 
you're going to judge the movie based on the content of the movie and the story and everything. And then the title is just going to be something you associate with it. You're not going to be like, Oh man, that was a great movie, but the, the title sucked. So that's a negative for me. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, but again, I also, it, it's one of those titles that just seems like maybe not like it's intentionally a placeholder for now, but like as they continue developing it further and as they get closer to production, like maybe they want to change the name to something else. Um, and at least for announcing it right now, they're just letting everybody know like what this movie is going to be about. Yeah. Um, it is crazy that with, uh, you know, all the Star Wars movies that we've had, you know, come and go and get announced. It's like, when was the last time we got one of these things announced that we actually got a title announced for it? Right. Um, I feel That's like it was probably Rogue, Rogue Squadron, which, you know, <laughs> by the way, the, I mean, we all have known for a while now that that wasn't happening. But it was funny when back in December uh 2023 you know people were kind of commemorating the you know in an alternate universe we would have had star wars rogue squadron release yeah. today <laughs> this is also nice about this announcement we got all the details we kind of look for where we got a new movie announced we got the title we got who's directing it with favreau and we even got to know when production is going to start which is this year which is kind of rare when we get all of that in a star wars new star wars movie announcement so that was yeah. refreshing to get and this is another thing too i was thinking about how cool it's going to be see the Mandalorian in the movie theater is hearing the score and the Mandalorian theme yep. with a great theater sound system. And hopefully Ludwig does the whole score for the whole movie. That is going to be just another awesome aspect of getting to see the Mandalorian in theaters. It's not only the visuals, but also just the amazing soundtrack and his themes uh, that the series has, uh, has been made for as well too. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah, and that was something I thought about too. I didn't think about Ludwig coming back and doing it, but I definitely hope that happens. I know he's kind of moved on to other stuff. Um, speaking of Oppenheimer, um, but uh, yeah, and you know, I mean, uh, Joseph Shirley, who kind of took over for him doing Mando season three in the Book of Boba Fett, like he's done a great job too. But it would be awesome to see Ludwig come back and do it um, to kind of get the chance to to put his stamp on a new Star Wars movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, hearing that music in the theater, just, you know, seeing Mando and Grogu doing all this cool stuff, seeing him in that N1 Starfighter and seeing that on the big screen is going to be awesome. Um, the one thing that I thought about, too, and I've, I've seen some other people discussing this is, uh, you know, I mean, I know the, the possibilities are wide open, but who do we think they maybe could go to as like a main villain for this movie? Um because, you know, now that Moff Gideon is gone and he was, you know, kind of the main Maybe. villain for those first three <laughs> seasons of Vando. Um, well, yeah, I was like, they, uh, I, I actually, as much as I maybe wouldn't mind seeing more of Moff Gideon to, to kill him off at the end of season three and then do a movie where it's like, actually the clone of Moff Gideon is back. Like, I think that would be kind of eye rolling. Um, we certainly could get maybe some glimpses of Thrawn in this one, although I doubt that he's going to be the big bad. I think they're going to save that for Dave's movie. Yeah. Um, but we know that they've got that whole shadow council, that there's a bunch of, uh, you know, Imperial warlords that they could draw from. But um, it's just interesting that we're kind of at a, a, you know, sort of a clean slate, you know, part of the story where it's like, we just finished off Moff Gideon. We know that Thrawn is coming later down the road. Um but we don't really have an immediate threat for Mando. And that's something that obviously you would assume they would set up in season four, but now it's like, Oh, we're doing a movie instead. And we have no idea who the big bad is going to be, but obviously that's one of the things with star Wars, you got to have a, a, 
really you know big cool compelling villains so it'll be interesting to see what they uh decide to go with for that yeah i'm kind of hoping it's just someone brand new not necessarily connected to thrawn or gideon or any remnants of the empire but at the same time i could kind of see where it's still planting those little seeds so that's going to lead up to dave's movie and plus just how season three ended where they're gonna i'm sure the movie's gonna begin with din and grogu on a mission uh taking down some remnants of the empire since that's where things were left but hopefully it develops into something totally new and just unexpected and just a different kind of villain that maybe we haven't seen before in star wars that's unique to to mando and grogu i think that there's a possibility maybe you see um I don't know. I, I, there's. I, I think if if it's like what Tim was saying, it could, if, if you want to kill off Mandalorian, which I don't think you're going to do, but if you did, um, you'd want to do it probably in some kind of Mandalorian way. I feel like there's got mm-hmm. you have to kind of do more Mandalorian stuff in this movie. Just just from my perspective, yeah. anyway. I think I think there's there's there's, there's probably a cooler or a cool like sub story of other factions of mandalorians out there but now like the mandalore's back maybe the mandalorians kind of opened up the whole different thing but i also could see just a standalone story just kind of just being a, a you know and then have the like the the last scene be the thrawn coming into town but yeah who knows yeah i don't know there'll be uh you know a lot of options they can draw from there i you know and i'm kind of with you tim like i would I would like to see a new interesting, like a, a new character for this, even almost like a Gorian shard type. Um, like if we have down the Imperial <laughs> remnants, you know, off in the background or something, but just have some kind of fun, like alien warlord or something. That's a, a big you know threat for Mando to fight. That would be kind of cool. Um, I, I doubt that they'll kill him off in this. Um, especially in like, even if this is going to be kind of the culmination of the story, I feel like there's still so much more they can do with the, you know, with Mando and with the pairing of him and Grogu. I know they eventually have to part ways. um, And, you know, I hear what you're saying about, you know, kind of priming the audience to recognize Grogu as his own character, which I think is smart. Um, I just feel like, you know, I think we're going to get more with them together still than just one more movie. I think they'll probably show up in Dave's movie in some capacity, um i also i think i saw something on twitter like you know where there was like one star wars fan site that said like lucasfilm was considering making a trilogy of mandalorian movies but they didn't cite a source for that so i don't know you know how much sort of credibility there is to that um but yeah i'm just uh, i'm expecting this to be just kind of like a a fun one-off adventure that you know still kind of sets up and 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 uh ties into some things for you know dave's movie and moving forward from there but we'll kind of have to wait and see at the end of it where it leaves off you know sort of how much more room there is for more mando stories or um i don't know how close they are to wrapping up this whole thing um because they did say you know way back in the day that like dave's movie was going to be sort of the culmination of all of this and so it's like is this whole sort of chapter of the storytelling going to end with that or is it just going to be a big event that connects a bunch of the story threads and then those threads can still continue off into their own, you know, keep telling more stories with those characters and stuff. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, you know, it's, it's early to be speculating on, you know, when they're going to stop, you know, telling stories with these stuff and everything. But um, one, one thing to consider too, really quick before we move on is with this film, 
you also are probably going to be able to do a lot more extended universe stories uh, for Grogu and Mandalorian now because you're not saving it all for um, this one thing. And because it's it's a more it's gonna be a more concise con, uh, constricted story, you probably will have John be able to give out to people more things to write about the Mandalorian that are more side adventures of comic books or or novels or what what have you. Because I mm-hmm. feel like that's one avenue they have not done a good job of. Because they could they're doing those stupid retelling comic book, which is worthless in my opinion. Yeah, hello um, there. <laughs> and yeah, and I, well, and don't I, forget there was there was supposed to be a tie-in novel too that ended up getting canceled. Right. So right, but and that's and that's what I'm saying though too is like I feel like they have left so much on the table that they could be making some. I'm not saying it's gonna make a lot of money, but I've been enough money to like they should be doing different tie-in comic books, different books, a video game. Imagine a Mandalorian video game. Uh, been banging that drum for a while (laughs) but but you but you know what i'm saying though like i mean like these oh yeah if you make a movie you because because right now they left him off in a place where he's basically like a ranger for like the new republic you know like a you know hired gun kind of a thing think of how many fun one-off stories a writer could do that's not going to do anything to the to the um uh like the the overall canon of of what where he's going Mm -hmm. so to me it's like with this movie, it kind of does that a little bit. It kind of helps them get to that next level they need to go as far as that goes. So, yeah. it, and, it, and when it, has there been a size. Star Wars movie that did not have any <laughs> supplementary material? No kidding, right? Yeah. So this, I'm sure this one will be no different. Yeah. No, the, I mean, there's definitely going to be. Um, I I say definitely. I was going to say there's definitely going to be at least like a visual dictionary and the art book and all that kind of stuff. But we haven't even gotten art books for the last few uh, seasons of the TV show. I'm still you know waiting yeah. for uh, for an Ahsoka one. Um, but yeah, you know there'll be supplementary stuff around the movie if they could actually do you know some comics or novels or stuff that you know kind of told some supplementary stories. I think that would be cool. Um, I just you know I get how it's hard with like especially with their current state of like everything is canon and if you're going to be you know writing comics and stuff that tie into ongoing series where things can change you know based on uh production changes and strikes and you know actors getting fired and you know all these kind of things that force them to make changes to the story it's like that could screw up everything else that you're writing around it so um yeah i don't know if if we'll still get any more of that stuff um, now that we're getting a movie, but also like if they already had ideas for a, a season four of Mando and they're now having to kind of condense that into a movie, maybe there's at least like some discarded episode ideas that could make for some cool like one-off comics or something like that. That's um, exactly. That's exactly what I was trying to get at. Thank you for she's saying it way better than I could. <laughs> Honestly, that's good. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that would be, you know, it'd be cool if we got some of that stuff, but we'll see. If nothing else, maybe after the fact. Um but uh yeah i don't know only john favreau knows how all that stuff ties together um but i'm excited to see it i mean we don't know like we said you know there's no release date yet or anything but the fact that this goes into production later this year um you know it'll be fun kind of following that process and i'm sure we'll get some more announcements later throughout the year of like production start dates and cast and stuff like that pedro pascal like retweeted or you know reposted the the, the article on his instagram story announcing this and i saw people taking it to mean like oh pedro pascal is confirming that he's involved in this um and i'm like i don't know if i would go that far although i'd assume that he's still going to be voicing mando but 
I don't oh, think yeah. that just because it's a movie that, you know, now he's going to be back in the Mando suit. I think they'll still, you know, kind of keep doing things the way they've been with, uh, you know, all the stunt guys and everything. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, obviously I'm sure we'll get a lot of the returning cast from the TV show with, uh, you know, Carl Weathers and Katie Sackhoff and all those guys that we're familiar with. I'm sure we'll get some new cast members as well. And maybe some returning characters, um, you know, that may or may not be announced ahead of time. I'm sure if there's any, you know, if, if they're bringing back like Han or Luke or Leia or anything like that, I'm sure they probably won't tell us until the movie comes out. But um, yeah. I was hoping for Boba Fett. <laughs> That's my hope right now. You know, I would love to see Boba Fett in this Mando movie. Um, yeah, let's hope that happens. Because, you know, I don't know if we'll ever get a season two of Book of Boba Fett, but we definitely need to see him again. And to see him and Mando teaming up and kicking exactly. some butt on the big screen, that would be awesome. They work so well um, together in that finale. Yeah, I'd love to see more of that. But yeah, and I guess now we know what the big, uh, I guess, draw for for lack of a better word, draw for Star Wars Celebration Japan is going to be. That's probably where we're going to get our first trailer for it and yeah. more details, the big panel for it. So that's probably going to be the main main attraction for Star Wars Celebration Japan. That's what I was looking, for, looking to say. Yeah, for sure. And also, I think they just announced that there is going to be a D23 convention this year um, in yeah. Anaheim in August, I believe. And so... Um, I'm sure we'll get some more details then as well. I don't know if they'll do a full panel for it. Um, but if nothing else, like if they do just sort of a general like upcoming live action Disney films presentation, they'll probably talk a little bit about that as I'm sure like the movie might be in production by that point. So um, yeah, it's it's been a while since we've had a Star Wars movie in production. So this will be fun as we start following, you know, casting rumors and, and production start dates and I don't know how much we'll get into like leaked set photos or anything like that. Or if yeah, I'm sure they'll shoot a lot of it on the volume, but there probably will be some sets. I mean, they've done that even just for the Mandalorian shows. So um yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It'll be a fun year of yeah. uh of getting excited for that and kind of following those those announcements and stuff. Kind of crazy to think about too, how it's uh gonna be 10 years since the Force Awakens went into production. That was sort of filming <sighs> in 2014. And that's crazy, yeah. Like Star Wars movie, it's that's crazy. Later, yep. Well, and see, that's a good point because so Force Awakens went into production in 2014, came out in mm -hmm. 2015. So if Mando is going into production this year, do we think it'll be out by next year or yeah 2026? Like I think next I, I think next year. I, I guess I want to say next year holidays, but right now I'm I'm thinking more 26 just to be safe. <laughs> yeah, I say. I, well, I, I, think, I, I think, sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, really quick, I, I do think it's next year only because it's it's already a well-oiled machine. You're not starting from scratch. Like they already have like yeah. Favreau's probably already working on the script. They already have costumes. They've already got everything ready to go. It's really just a matter of just like getting this getting you know the story everything yeah i i, I have no doubt because this they were going to film season four regardless right so mm -hmm. it's a matter of just refocusing the medium of like it's a shorter amount of time a little bit more a lot more detail probably on the stuff but like that's really the, the big difference is probably the quality of like i think that the scale hopefully the imx cameras um but uh sorry I, I, that was being funny but no but seriously though i think all that to be said like it's not going to be as crazy as you know trying to, to, to film a whole movie and get it a whole movie designed and it's already there essentially i'm assuming so 
I think next year is there's a reason why they made they rushed this into like a movie theater is they want to make money they need to make money and they know this is a, a surefire probably is, as far as like getting like a good amount of like a good investment on return regardless whether it's you know response if it's good or bad or indifferent yeah i think it'll just depend on when it goes into production this year because all it said in the the press release was like later this year i think um and it's like if it goes into production within the next i don't know two to four months like they definitely could have that out by the end of next year um if not like if it's i think if it's later half of the year it's probably safer to assume that it's coming out like summer of 2026 um but it also depends on like it's been a while since i looked at the whole slate of upcoming disney films i think 2025 we're supposed to get another avatar movie right um or is that this year that that's supposed to come out? I no, I mean, no. it's they, it's uh it's it's next year. It's it's ne- I believe it's next year. It would be because um, uh the the star of Avatar went on record saying that he's going back to start filming. So it's it will be probably. Well, he went. He said they were going back to start to filming Avatar before. Four. I thought. Yeah. Which, yeah. So, but three yeah. is is the next one to come out. I thought that they, you know, that. The Avatar movies were supposed to come out every two years. Like the last one came yeah. in 2022, and then the next one would be 2024. But then I know Disney like reshuffled their slate and everything. And that's why I'm like, it's been a while since I've looked at the dates. Um, I, I don't know when. It, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it's got delayed. I mean, the Avatar 2 was delayed multiple times, not on, yeah. on top of when it was supposed to, like not just because of, you know, whatever, but like, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so really I'm just quick- saying, if even if, uh, you know, it would be out by like next december like if there's already an avatar movie slated for around that time period they might have to push it back farther than that just so they're yeah. not releasing you know their big temples on top of each other yeah yeah so i don't know we'll see sometime in you know 2025 2026 you know i, I think it's safe to assume this will probably be the next star wars movie out um and it's going to be very exciting times this was uh, obviously a big announcement but sort of buried at the end of this announcement was uh another announcement that we've been looking forward to which was confirmation that dave filoni is also working on ahsoka season two um which they kind of slipped in at the end of this press release i know some people uh even one of you guys as we were texting about it said you didn't even catch that right away that was me um <laughs> and then uh the next day you know they made a separate announcement just about that um along with a piece of concept art uh not not a full like painted piece of concept art but one of our uh you know the Dave Filoni sketches that we've all come to know and love um of Ahsoka and Sabine at least it looks like Ahsoka and Sabine just kind of their silhouette standing (laughs) on uh the 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 pointing finger of the Mortis God statue um that we last saw Balin in at the end of Ahsoka season one so um yeah, very excited to get just a little visual tease of what we can expect from season two and to know that that is in development, um, which was it, like the timing on that was interesting because I had just seen an interview like the day before with Rosario Dawson where she said she hadn't heard anything about a season two and people were kind of like, oh, what if a Soga season two never happens? And it was it's one of those things where like it felt like season one was successful enough and then definitely left on a kind of cliffhanger where you're like, there has to be a season two, right? Like I'm confident there's a season two, but also you were starting to be like, mm, like, is this in trouble? Like, are we ever going to see this? Like, when is this going to happen? And then sure enough, we, you know, got the announcement right after that. So um, very happy to know that that story will continue as well. 
Um, excited to pick back up with those characters and see what Ahsoka and Sabine and Balin and Shin are all up to over in uh, a galaxy farther, farther away. Um, while we meanwhile get, uh, you know, all this stuff going on, you know, back here with Mando and everything as well. I wonder if we'll even see like Ezra and Hera in the, in the Mando movie. Like that would be cool. Um, but I don't know how much of this stuff is all gonna, you know, like cross over. I don't know if like if Ahsoka season two is going to be jumping back and forth between the two galaxies and we'll see Ezra and Hera like over I here or if, or if they're just going to be kind of woven into like the, the Mando and the movie storyline with the new Republic and everything. Um, I feel like I, I kind of feel like that would make more sense and that would, it would make more sense for Ahsoka season two to just focus on the stuff going on, on Peridia. Um, but that's also kind of sparse with like, you know, just like four main characters and a band of raiders and some little turtle people. Um, so they might need to introduce, you know, some new cultures or some, you know, have them travel off that planet to some other planets in that galaxy or something like that. But um, yeah, regardless, I'm, you know, obviously lots to speculate on there already as well as far as what could uh, be going down in that season. But um, yeah, the fact that we got a Mandalorian movie and a second season of Ahsoka announced on the same day, it was some great Star Wars news to kick off this year with. And it was it was earlier this week as we were already planning to record this episode and like didn't have much to talk about. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to just pull like sort of a fun general Star Wars topic out for us to talk about. And then we got this instead. And here we are, you know, getting to talk about all this fun stuff. So it's been a good week. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead, yeah, thanks. I'm gonna say my piece and then I gotta run. Um, I yeah, I, I kind of missed this, and it it's I think to me really it's really cool that Ahsoka is getting season two because obviously it was successful enough in their eyes to do again, and that's saying something in today's climate for Disney, and that should not, in my opinion, I'm gonna take this as a flex win for Star Wars fans because, you know. People still, be, you know, I still have people who say online, be like, oh, it's Ahsoka's too, it, it's too in the weeds. Is it too much on the blah, 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 blah. And you know what? Like, it doesn't matter because we're, got, we got, we're getting a season two. And I think that's a big deal, to be quite honest. I really do. And I think that we should take that as like, it was successful. It was, Definitely. uh, and you know, and I, there's always people saying like, you know, yes, it is. And yes, it isn't. Um, it being greenlit already for a season two, a few months later is a pretty indicate, a pretty big indication that it's successful and not just because Dave Filoni is leading it. It's because Disney had to sign off the checks and be like, yeah, we'll do another season two. So I think there, and I think it makes sense because it's great star Wars. Some of the best Star Wars we've gotten since George left. And that's not, and that's saying something because there's been good star Wars too. So um, I I think there there's a lot of special stuff in store. That's why I said I want it to be focused on Ahsoka and Sabine. I want it to be a, a pure story about them. But regardless, I, I trust Dave. Dave, I trust. Um, I'm super giddy. I didn't. I thought we were gonna get season two, but I'm even more excited now. We're getting season two confirmed. So um, yeah, uh, I gotta head out now, guys. So everyone, thanks for uh, putting up with me and. Uh, Kyle arguing for IMAX for a good 40 minutes there. That was fun. I love a good <laughs> argument. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll sign off by saying my old, my old thing. Uh, Godspeed rebels night. Y'all right, see you Paul. Later Paul. Yeah. For me, 
when I saw this news, I was like, I don't know what I'm more excited for. I mean, it's going to be amazing that we get to see Mando on the big screen, but then Ahsoka season two. I mean, it looked likely that we were going to get a season two, but you just, you just never know. So the fact that it was confirmed, I mean, that just got me super pumped when I read that at pretty much the very last uh, sentence of the press release that we got. So it's just awesome to know that more is coming from this great series and these great characters and that I'm kind of relieved too, because there was a part of me that was thinking if we don't get a season two and the story just going to continue with Dave's movie, is that really going to be enough time and space to explore all the different avenues that's been laid out in the first season of Ahsoka? I don't think so. When you got Thrawn back now in our galaxy, he's got to go up against Ezra, Hera and the new Republic or at least a segment of the New Republic, and then also explore Ahsoka, Sabine, Shin, and Balin on Peridia and what it means and its connection to Mortis. It just might have been too much for one movie. So the fact that now we know we're getting a season two and that, I mean, just basing off that sketch that Dave shared with everybody, which was awesome. Love getting those. And this of Sabine and Ahsoka on the statue of the father with his hand pointing out. You just know Mortis is going to play a big role in this season. And man, I just cannot wait. And I'm just glad that um, this next season will be exploring more in that avenue and that it has the room to breathe to explore this story more that it deserves to be um, for what I'm sure Dave has planned is going to be something just truly monumental for Star Wars like he always does when exploring these type of avenues with the Force and even more so now with the connection to the Mortis God. So that just has me super, super excited. And as you guys were saying, in a perfect world, if I was running things, I would have it just season two, just be focused on Ahsoka Sabine on Peridia throughout the whole season. Maybe it would be a shorter season, five or six episodes, something like that, but that's where the focus is on. But I think with introducing live action versions of Hera and Ezra, and they were just pretty much played to perfection. (laughs) um, I think they're going to still continue on with what they're doing in our in the main galaxy in season two and just kind of have a back and forth uh between what's going on in peridia and our galaxy and them dealing with the return of thrawn so that's not all kind of have to be done in the movie as well so i expect it to kind of go back and forth uh, between the characters again i mean which again i'm not going to be complaining about it <laughs> it's just that i just love the stuff with mortis and just I'm so curious of what this other galaxy on peridia has and what Balin's after. I mean, that's going to be just the main draw, I know, for me and for many other Star Wars fans is what they're going to look forward to in Season 2. But I know the stuff that we're going to get dealing with Thrawn, Ezra, and Harrods is going to be some great stuff, too. Um, so, yeah, just excited that it's coming and knowing for sure that we're getting a Season 2. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I feel like, you know, the Ezra and Hera and Thrawn stuff, like, I'm super excited for, too. I just feel like that doesn't necessarily need to be in ahsoka like you could keep it there just because that's where you introduce those characters but like i think that's why really yeah but i mean again going back to sort of the naming it's like well if this is ahsoka's show now you're having half the show take place in a different galaxy with stuff going on that no longer really has anything to do with ahsoka unless the season you know the finale of season two is going to be her and Sabine getting off Peridia, coming back to our galaxy and reuniting with Hera and everybody and kind of tying those two story threads together. And plus um, too, with, with Ezra, with his time on Peridia, he can like kind of reveal some information that he probably 
sense there through the force of maybe it's connections to Mortis and what he's been mm. through going to the world between worlds and can kind of set up what we're going to see Ahsoka and Sabine go through. Maybe he went through that already too. And he's going to kind of let maybe Hera know about those things. And that's kind of our gateway into what we're going to see on Peridia with Hera, with Ahsoka and Sabine. And, but Ezra is going to have a connection to it as well. Yeah, that could be interesting. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's lots of possibilities there. Um, and, you know, I mean, if thinking about it more, like it, it probably does logically make more sense that those characters would continue on in that show. There was also, I don't know if you saw, um, Iman Fondi did a, an interview recently, I think with like Variety or Hollywood Reporter, um, where he talked a lot about like his time on the show and his, his process of getting cast and everything. And it was a really fun, it was a great interview. I was kind of surprised because you know, we all talked about how he embodies Ezra so well, and he just mm -hmm. is that character. And yet, turns out he's one of those actors that said, like, "Oh, I didn't watch Rebels," you know, before I uh, before I did, yeah. or like before, you know, before I did this. Um, first of all, I was surprised that he said like he just didn't grow up on Star Wars, and so he you know hadn't seen a lot of it or just you know wasn't really a Star Wars fan before this show. But then you know he spent a bunch of time just kind of digesting all of it. Um, which, again, like, obviously not everybody grows up on Star Wars. And, you know, we're always welcoming of the new fans as well. It just he seems so enthusiastic to be part of this. I would have just assumed he was already a fan. Um, especially because he also said, like, he told his agent um, before they even started casting for the show. He's like, hey, when they start sending around, you know, casting calls for Ezra Bridger, like, let me know. I'm going to get that part. And then he did end up getting the part. But I'm like, well, if you weren't a Star Wars fan, how the heck did you know who Ezra Bridger was? Like, I just wonder how, <laughs> you know, how he kind of came across that. Um, but then he said, even as he started sort of preparing for the role and getting more into Star Wars and stuff, he said he wanted to know everything he possibly could about Ezra and about, you know, who he was as a person and a character and stuff. And so he was reading articles online and reading all the the plot summaries of rebels and stuff like that he just didn't want to watch it to like have uh taylor gray's performance and voice and everything stuck in his head and feel like he had to mimic that he wanted to still sort of be able to make the performance his own um and yet he then goes and does it and maybe it's just because of the writing maybe it's because of dave's direction maybe it's just because uh, maybe that's just who he is as a person and dave saw that in his audition and said oh my god that's ezra mm -hmm. um but it's like you know for trying not to copy the mannerisms of another actor and i'm not saying that he just mimicked him or copied him or whatever like he just played the character to perfection where everybody who loved rebels went oh there's ezra so um it was just really interesting reading about his process for that and everything but also he talked about um you know, returning to the role and basically said, he's like, I assume that if there's a season two, that I'm going to be back for that. Um, which again, I, I was kind of took that as interesting, like, Oh, you know, not showing up in the Mandalorian or the movie or whatever, but like, no, he's going to be back in uh, season two, even if that's not, you know, he's no longer sort of connected to Ahsoka in that way. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm sure all these guys are going to show up again sooner or later, but it would make sense that you would introduce characters in the Ahsoka series and then keep them there. And I'm sure Dave wants to continue telling stories with, um, you know, with Ezra and Hera and all these different characters that he's created. So um, yeah, obviously we don't know um, when season two is happening or when they're going into production on that. 
Um, there weren't any, you know, dates announced or anything, even in like the second announcement today, but it does seem like, um, you know, Mando, like the, the Mandalorian and Grogu movie is going to be the first thing. And I would assume that maybe then Ahsoka season two is coming after that. And then Dave's movie. Um, and I don't know how that timeline is going to fit in with all the other, you know, the upcoming star Wars movies and stuff. So we'll just have to see as, as Yoda would say, always in motion is the future. Um, but yeah, just on top of, you know, all the shows and games and stuff that we've talked about coming out this year. And then, you know, the three movies coming out in the future, now having one more movie and a new season of a show that we, uh, you know, already loved and we're excited to see more of, um, is definitely an exciting way to kick off the year and just gives us a lot more to look forward to. Definitely. And I'm glad too, that they still mentioned the three previous movies that they announced that celebration, um, earlier this year, because you know, if they didn't, there would have been questions. Oh, what is the Mandalorian and Grogu movie replacing one of them? Like what's going on there? But no, they mentioned all the creatives involved with it, that they're still um, in, in, or not in production, but you know, they're on the slate for what's to come for Star Wars theatrical releases. So I'm definitely glad they kept and mentioned all those too. Yeah. Which I'm glad about because I've already seen, you know, there's been some, discourse recently about especially the ray movie coming out where the you know the director said something about you know obviously this is going to be the first time that a, a woman has directed a star wars movie and she was you know just made a comment where she's like oh yeah i'm glad you know i think it's about time we had a woman get to you know sort of shape one of these stories and people have of course taken that and run in all kinds of different directions with it on the internet because the internet is the internet um but, uh, you know, and then people are saying, oh, the Ray movie is in trouble and Disney's wanting to, you know, get rid of her because now she's made the fans mad. And, you know, oh, now the Mando ridiculous. movie is replacing the Ray movie. And it's like, no, the Mando movie is not replacing the Ray movie. Um, you know, all those movies are still coming out. Um, and, uh, you know, Mando is just going to be one, you know, additional one in the slate. So, um yeah, I'm I'm awesome that we're uh, I'm glad that we're getting a Mando movie and I'm glad that we're still getting all those other movies as well. I'm still excited for all of those. And uh yeah. It's yeah, it's just going to be great that we just another one added to the list of three movies that we're already excited for. I mean, how can you complain about that? <laughs> when yeah, we got seriously. three all three of those movies which have just great concepts and then you throw in a Mandalorian and Rogue movie. I mean, sign me up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, 20, 2025 to 2027 is going to be a good three-year stretch of Star Wars movies. We potentially could get four movies within those three years. Um, yeah, it's but, just kind of... You know. I, I talked about how it's going to be 10 years since The Force Awakens went into production, but just like it's starting to shape up for like a decade later, we're kind of going to go back to that space where we got the Star Wars movies that are down the pipeline and we know what they're going to be and barring mm-hmm. any unforeseen occurrences and hopefully there's none but if everything goes as planned we'll just have a nice consistent basis of these star wars movies down the pipeline like we had beginning in 2015 because those were fun yeah times. those were very fun times i mean obviously nothing went perfectly back then too you know 10 years mm-hmm. ago we thought we were getting a boba fett movie so um you know from uh josh trank and you know that one didn't go anywhere um and then, you know, funny speaking of Star Wars movies that didn't get made recently, uh, D.B. Weiss and David Benioff, the guys from Game of Thrones, um, who were supposed to do a Star Wars movie or, you know, or a, I think they were hired for a trilogy. Right. And then they ended up getting fired. 
Yeah. Um, or, I think it just know, said party. movies, if I remembered in the press release. Like, they're going to do Star Wars movies, plural. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe just a series of movies yeah. or something. Um, but they ended up parting ways. And, you know, they said that it was because of scheduling conflicts. But then there were rumors that it might have been for other reasons. But they recently uh, did an interview where they uh, sort of confirmed what they wanted their Star Wars movie to be about. And it sounds an awful lot like the movie that James Mangold is making. Um, about the first Jedi and, you know, sort of the dawn of the Jedi and the origins of, you know, the, them discovering the force and the first lightsabers and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it was funny because, you know, they didn't really give any more concrete reasons for their departure. They just said, uh, you know, they said we were in the end, we weren't the George Lucas film was looking for. Um, but they also kind of took a shot at Ryan Johnson where they were like, Oh, well, like, we had this perfect idea that ours was going to be the first Jedi, but then he came out with the last Jedi and it like screwed up our idea. Like we couldn't use that title anymore or whatever. And like made it sound like that ruined their whole movie when like Dawn of the Jedi or something like that is right there. Um, <laughs> Which is more so likely like, like, what Mangle's movie is going to be called. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, who knows what was going on behind the scenes, but I was like, yeah, maybe you guys are the wrong guys for the job. If you're getting all butthurt just because you have to, change your title because it was a little too similar to somebody else's title like again the content of the movie is what matters like you know yeah. i don't know so <laughs> um yeah i think we were all excited for those movies when they were first announced and in hindsight i'm just like yeah especially with mangled now doing that i'm like yeah somebody else can do that story i'm i'm fine with those guys not being around anymore as long as we get that story at some point, I mean, I just think that's a story that needs to be told. And if we have to wait a bit, little bit longer, then I'll wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap up for now. Um, obviously, it gives us a lot more to kind of talk about and look forward to uh, throughout this upcoming year. Um, I don't know, you know, there probably won't be any more news on this within the next couple of weeks. So maybe for our next episode, we will do, you know, just some sort of fun topical kind of episode, but, um, who knows? We could also get more news by then. Um, I know everybody's kind of waiting for like, Hey, when are we going to get a trailer and announcement, you know, release a date announcement for uh, season three of bad batch? Cause that should probably be coming out early this year. Um, so yeah, we'll see, you know, as, as the year gets going, what other kind of Star Wars announcements we get and what kind of stuff we have to talk about. But this was certainly a fun one to kick off the year with. Um, so thank you guys as always for listening. Um, and uh, I know we got some listener responses on Twitter too from people that were, uh, you know, excited about this stuff. Yeah, um, Rich Brockwell uh, replied to our tweet saying, uh, regarding the Mandalorian and Grogu, he says, I think it's a smart move making a Mando movie. Well-liked characters, a top director, should be a good time at the movies. And couldn't agree more, Rich. <laughs> that's where we're yeah. all hoping for with this one. And I think that's what we're going to get. And then also want to give a shout out to uh, Rural Farm Boy, who follows us on Twitter. It's always been a great supporter of the show, always uh, retweets and uh, shares the show uh, with his followers there. So that's always much appreciated. But he sent us an audio uh, voice message that he emailed us, which was uh, very cool to get, and just kind of sharing his excitement and our our sentiment as well for uh, the potential of the Mandalorian and Grogu movie. Um, so glad you sounded excited for it as much as we are. And I know he also had a question uh, for Paul, um, who had a duck out early on this one, but I know he was asking regarding Paul's podcast and how we listen to uh, Paul's 
talking Star Wars on different podcasts for a long time. He said, I think like through Blaster Cannon and the Force Net. Um, but also wanted to know what other podcasts was Paul on and some of his early ones. But being as I've been a long time listener of Paul's podcast before we even knew each other, <laughs> I know his very first podcast. So I'll I'll go ahead and answer for him if you don't mind, Roll Farm Boy. But I know his very first part, podcast that he was a part of was uh, the Modern Myths Media podcast, which is all about uh, superhero movies and comics, which was a great podcast. But that then uh, evolved into uh, the Marvel or the MCU Fan Show podcast, which he currently does now uh, with our friend Sean Gerber. So uh, that's where we got to start with on uh, Modern Myth Media. And now that uh, he's doing the MCU Fan Show amongst uh, other Star Wars podcasts. So um, hope that answered your question. Uh, <laughs> me filling in for Paul here. But uh, your voice matches was greatly appreciated. And just again, thank you for all the support that you've shown for our show. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sending that our way. Uh, you know, I was glad to hear from you. And um you know, thank you, Rich, for chiming in with your, th with your thoughts on Twitter as well. Um, and of course, you know, you guys can always uh, find us online on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Um, yeah, we're also on on Facebook, but we don't post there. Um, Maybe that should yeah, be my New Year's resolution: starting put going back to posting stuff on Facebook whenever there's news or our, at least our episodes. I should post there. <laughs> yeah, and I should I should get another Instagram account back up and running. It sucks because like I've seen this happen to a couple other Star Wars creators recently, where their profiles will just get like randomly disabled on Instagram for saying that they're like uh, not authentic or they're like impersonating somebody mm. or something like that. And I wonder if that's just you know, was a mistake because they have like Star Wars in their handle and somebody's thinking that they're trying to like impersonate the official Star Wars account or something like that. I don't know what's going on um, or who's in charge of that, but that happened to us like a week after I made the account. We only had like two posts, so I wasn't like, <laughs> you know, it's not like we had put a lot of work into that or anything, but, um, you know, I sent them an email to try to get it reactivated and never heard back. So I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll just start up another Instagram account and we'll start getting active on there. Um, but yeah, for now, you can just follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. You can send us email at Star Wars TSC at gmail.com. And you can check out our website at Star Wars TSC.com. Um, and be sure to check out Thunderquack.com for all the other awesome podcasts in the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Um, but that's going to do it for now. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time. And as always, may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody. <laughs>